0: a poem hello everyone and welcome to shall we read a poem i'm russ oh hey there russ i'm lauren and i never got around to getting my band together and recording that opening track that would you know to just take shell to the next level
1: oh gosh russ i was really counting on that
0: i know where's our opening song
1: well, how are we going to do this? We're going to have to do something to make it up to all the one listener that, that was <laughs> to all the one on listener. us.
0: I could kick off another improv.
1: Just, just acapella it.
0: Oh,
1: it's shall we read
0: a poem. I, you know, let's just move on and get to the poems. Yes, get to the poems. And I think you have... Uh, oh, you, you're you doing one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. Very short,
0: but very cute.
1: Well, it takes up an entire page simply from uh, the way it's formatted. Yes. This is Lazy Jane. Lazy, 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 lazy Jane. She wants a drink of water. So she waits and waits and waits and waits and waits for it. To rain, and this is formatted in such a way that gravity really sinks your eye down. It's just one word per line, including little lines like a and of and so. Uh, and the image at the bottom is a girl stretched out on the floor with her mouth open, very very wide, and the poem is dribbling down into her mouth.
0: <laughs> Did you ever read um, what's his name, Mark Danielewski? No, uh, he he wrote House of Leaves and a number of other things. Yeah, uh, it's, it's
1: something one of those like things that yeah. you're supposed to read and haven't
0: yet? Yeah, uh, it, and but his much of that book has the same styling where the, the the direction of the words kind of influences your reading. So, what made you choose this one?
1: Well, it it, it was because of my Friday night, um, <gasps>
0: a story inbound.
1: Yeah, well, kind of. So I went out for the first time in Portland in well, before the pandemic started, my friends, some of my friends and I really like going to this karaoke place called Baby Ketten Karaoke. And one of the people who go there was like, hey, uh, anybody who's vaccinated, I'm going to get a private karaoke room and let me know if you want to come. And karaoke is not a great idea during the pandemic because, you know, you're like, Breathing heavily into a shared microphone. Lots Uh, of voices. Yes, but I felt comfortable in a private room karaoke with only vaccinated people. And I definitely was anxious at first because I was with seven people who, you know, weren't part of my household in a small room. And none of us were wearing masks and we were you know, breathing a lot. And I I was I was so anxious at first that I was lightheaded. But then I calmed down, you know, and rationalized that, you know, these are seven people, but they're all vaccinated. And so the chances of of us having COVID is very slim. And it's even less that we would be giving it to each other. And then I really had a good time. Uh, And you're
0: it's and the old world is back such as it is.
1: Yeah, well, this once. Just this yeah. one little little moment, and I think I'll be doing more of that. Um, I'm intending only to hang out with people who are vaccinated, unless they have a real medical reason that they can't be vaccinated. Uh, at least inside,
0: and karaoke is very much like a, a pleasure of yours. Like this, oh, is very the, much. it's 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 an unwinding for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoy singing, um, and I enjoy performing, and so. Being able to be like, hey, everybody, I'm a good singer, and you're going to watch me now makes
0: me feel really good. And that's the joy of karaoke. Like, even if you're not a good singer, people are still forced to watch you.
1: I know. And actually, I love people who are at karaoke who aren't good singers, so long as they, like, own it. If they're not good singers and they're embarrassed by it, it's just painful for everybody to watch. But If they're not good singers and they just go up there and, like, go
0: and are having a good time, it's still fun to watch. Is this the same... Karaoke, a place that I had the pleasure of going that one time.
1: So back then, Baby Ketten uh, didn't have its own bar. It went from place to place and was a karaoke night at different bars. But now they ah, have a bar. And so, yeah, okay. it probably was.
0: Groovy, groovy.
1: Yeah. And so this poem came up because uh, one of the songs somebody sang was uh, a Belle and Sebastian song uh, called Lazy Line Painter Jane. And... I was wondering if this song was in part inspired by Lazy Jane Shell's poem, but uh, after some research it it I don't, really don't think it is, but you know, there's still the similarity, so I felt like reading this poem today. Have you heard Were Lazy you... Line Painter Jane? It's a really good song. You're mind, a coin to decide whether you should tell your folks about a dose of thrush you got when Really? Uh, That's
0: poetry.
1: I know it's this lazy line. Pageant Jane is a song. I, it's it seems to be like a bored teenager who might also be uh, in cahoots with a prostitute because she says that like she like she's she does she's not working and but she knows somebody who. Uh, is tax-free on her back and making plenty of cash, but you are working for the joy of giving, which I guess means this girl's just kind of a slut. But she could be making money by being a prostitute. Instead, she's getting uh, Canada from sucking dick for free.
0: That was a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, I love the song. It's so good. This is
0: a great song. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. This is for uh, okay. We have anyone listening right now. Lauren has just handed you the keys to the kingdom. Like, you have just added to every playlist.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Um, I saw, I've seen Belle and Sebastian live at least a couple times. And one day, uh, they did Lazy Line Patreon at uh, at the show. And they invited somebody to come up stage, on stage and sing with them. And oh my gosh, wouldn't that be my dream to do? But I didn't raise my hand because I knew I didn't know all the lyrics. And so the person they brought up just totally mucked it up. Totally mucked it up and I was mad because I could have done a better job than that person did even not knowing all the
0: lyrics. It is a flex if you get invited on stage and can sing every lyric like a madman. There is no more beautiful crash than if you can't do that thing.
1: It's very it's very high stakes karaoke.
0: It is high the highest high
1: stakes. And I mean, I think it's just everybody's one of everybody's dreamed of getting invited. Like, you know, for some reason they need your favorite band is on stage and they need someone to come up on, on and do the part that you know how to do. And you go up and you just kill it. And everybody's amazed. And this person screwed it up.
0: And and now they will never be on. Like the universe has canceled them. Like they will never be invited <laughs> on stage ever again. Yeah. Who yeah. likes the Doobie Brothers? Because we've got one of them. Well, you're not gonna be able to sing with the Doobie Brothers.
1: Well, I hope one day I'll have this opportunity again actually and actually be able to raise my hand because I do know the damn lyrics.
0: So here is so here's a question. If you were given the opportunity to go on stage and perform any song with any group, what would you do?
1: I am not sure because uh, It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm trying to think about like a lot of the, uh, where the way my vocal range is, a lot of the songs that I'm best at are usually single female vocal artists, and you don't really go up and sing their songs. They don't invite... Yeah. They're not a band that invites you to go up and sing their songs, so I, I'm not really not sure. that. Yeah.
0: I think mine, weirdly, the, the first one that springs to mind where I know all the lyrics and I have a very similar vocal range is Wax Fang's King of the Kingdom of Man, mm-hmm. but...
1: I wonder if they have that at Baby Ketten.
0: Oh, that it, that's a it's mean. God, that's a mean song. But it's it, it's not a good karaoke song because the last minute and a half is just instrumental. Yeah, that's
1: the that makes for a terrible karaoke song. I did uh this Friday. I did um, uh, Head's All Mine. Wow, that has a lot of instrumental parts in it, and it's not all at the end where you can kind of just you know take a bow and get off. It's it has a lot in the middle and, 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 and it has a couple of like half minute just instrumentals and I was like, Well, I forgot about those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well my go to is either the B fifty two or Tom or B fifty twos or Tom Waits. And
1: mm, so That's lovely. I do some Tom Waits sometimes. I, I actually have a pretty good range and get down fairly low.
0: What's your favorite Tom Waits?
1: I'm trying to remember which one I tend to do. Oh I do the piano has been drinking sometimes for karaoke. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Tom Waits song, but it's the one I feel the most confident doing karaoke for.
0: I still like Cemetery Polka, but if they have it, I will do Anywhere I Lay My Head, because golly, you can just scream on that one.
1: Yeah, I always rough up my voice a lot whenever I do Tom Waits a karaoke, because I'm like, I'm going to go do that gravelly thing, even though like this is at the bottom of my range.
0: Three cigarettes and two shots of whiskey beforehand.
1: Yeah. I've never actually been able to finish even a full cigarette. I tried once.
0: I tried,
1: I've tried a couple times, actually, to smoke, and I've just been like,
0: uh, no. Okay, so I have chosen Dreadful today. So this is Dreadful by Shel Silverstein. Someone ate the baby. It's rather sad to say. Someone ate the baby, so she won't be out to play. We'll never hear her whiny cry. Or have to feel if she is dry. We'll never hear her asking, Why? Someone ate the baby. Someone ate the baby. It's absolutely clear. Someone ate the baby. Cause the baby isn't here. We'll give away her toys and clothes. We'll never have to wipe her nose. Dad says, That's the way it goes. Someone ate the baby. Someone ate the baby. What a frightful thing to eat. Someone ate the baby. Though she wasn't very sweet. It was a heartless thing to do. The policemen haven't got a clue. I simply can't imagine who would go and... (coughs) Eat the baby.
1: Who do you think the narrator in this song is? In that song, I mean poem. Tarar. Who's (laughs) Tarar?
0: That's why I wanted to bring this poem up today. (laughs) Uh, If anyone out there who listens to this show is not immediately familiar with the name Tarar, I encourage you to read all about this nightmarish man's terrible exploits. So Tarar was a French performer, and I use the word very loosely, and soldier. And he lived from 1772 to approximately 1798. And his life was a litany of nightmares. His thing was eating. And something was very wrong with him uh it is hypothesized today that it was probably some strange combination of like hypothyroidism and an amygdala disorder because uh, his hunger could not be sated and he would eat obsessively and anything and to any detriment of health to anything he he j- he had to consume Things And I think the term is, is polyphagia. But he got work as part of like traveling carnival shows where he would just consume ridiculous things. Like he would eat things presented to him by the crowd. He, he could eat baskets of apples. Uh, he once ate a meal that was set for 15 people and was never not hungry. And then during wartime, some lunatic got the idea that maybe this person who can eat anything could be useful to the war effort because we can make him eat messages in containers and then he can carry them across enemy lines and then he will, you know, expel them and then we have a little spy that just eats our messages for us. And he only did this courier job one time with a test message because he crossed into German lines and did not speak any German. And so he was promptly captured and then tortured for a while and eventually told them the plan. And he would go on to expel the message, but it was just the test message. And so they're like, hey, we hate you, and just kicked him back across the border. And uh, then he resurfaced later. And the descriptions of this man go beyond the pale like he could not be around people his body odor was so terrible his stool was said to be the stuff of hell itself and he uh, eventually showed up to a a french hospital in desperation looking for any cure to his endless hunger and so they treated him with any number of things any whatever they had at the time to absolutely no effect and he was forcibly ejected from the hospital when a newborn baby went missing and it was widely assumed that he had consumed it whole and upon his much deserved death um, he was a biological curiosity to say the least His mouth opened far too wide. Uh, It was, upon opening his jaw, one could view uh, a boundless canal between his mouth and his stomach. Uh, His esophagus was so dilated. Um, His stomach took up most of the space in his abdomen. He he never gained weight. He was painfully thin when not eating. And uh, yeah, a nightmare figure all around. And that's literally the reason I chose this poem.
1: Okay. I thought the narrator was sort of like an older sibling figure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that I have just conjured hell itself, um, I'm interested in your narrator. No, no, no. Hold on. How did this come up? How did what come up?
1: (laughs) When did you learn about this person?
0: I learned about him some years ago. And he's always kind of occupied a special little space in my mind for the worst of humanity. Like... The, the fact that there is definitely 100% no caring creator out there because Tarar is one of my many examples. And, um, uh, I mean, yeah, he and, sounds
1: pretty mythological.
0: Oh, no, he's not mythological at all. He's, he's well documented.
1: Hmm. I, I yeah. mean, for the most part, when you were describing him, I just felt really sad for him until the whole yes. eating the baby part.
0: Yes. Um, there, uh, I, I will link him in the show notes for this show but he has a wikipedia article um there's published papers about him specifically yeah we know his uh we know his year of birth we don't know his exact date of birth um tarar might be his real name or it might be a nickname but that's what he's universally referred to as in the literature i mean he Um, sounds like
1: a fantasy villain
0: he does sound like a fantasy villain. He very much does. Um, but they have his. Uh, they have his military paperwork. They know what uh, what he was assigned to, and um, hospital records, all like that. But yeah. Yikes.
1: Yeah, I was thinking it's sort of like, I'm like, oh, sort of like, ha it's Shel Silverstein's dead baby joke. And I assume this is a poem that is exciting to older siblings who dislike their younger sibling very much. And it's a nice little, it's for them it's a fun little fantasy to imagine somebody eating the baby and them not having to deal with it anymore.
0: Your definition of fun little fantasy and my definition of fun little fantasy seem to differ wildly. I mean, children. My fun little fantasy is buying four ice creams at a time.
1: I mean uh, children uh, children don't really have like an an idea really of consequences or or uh, or reality. And so, like, I don't think they actually think about the guts and gory reality of someone like dismembering and eating a child so much as they're just sort of like teehee, a monster got the baby or whatever.
0: It is debated whether or not he would have actually. Torn apart or disemboweled the child because he could swallow remarkable things whole.
1: I don't know where to go with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so yes, I was that... not
1: expecting this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, no part of evolution could have prepared me for what the information you have just presented.
1: No, I was going to like maybe talk about like Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal and that sort of like. That's how they teach you how about satire in in high school, and now I'm just kind of disgusted and uncomfortable. And I'm do like, you remember, ah, eating babies?
0: <laughs> do you remember when you got the Amadas proposal lesson in high school? Yes, I do. I loved it.
1: I liked it too. I wasn't. I. I. I don't think I realized at first that it was satire, and so I was
0: kind of. I was like, "This is a little ghoulish," but. Uh, it was it was a formative lesson for me because I remember, you know, like one has seen movies and things that make fun of other things and and things that are satirical, but kind of in the days before you put a word and a genre to it, like maybe you haven't had a whole lot of experience with satire and mm-hmm. probably you wouldn't be good at writing it or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, growing up where I did, the people did not do satire,
0: but i remember that so vividly and thinking this is the comedy for me like it and and and, and shortly after that like the onion sort of came to prominence mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I was like oh, th- oh this is me like this this is the funniest stuff i've ever seen
1: i don't know if i thought it was funny i was just like this is odd okay uh-huh. i guess i guess this is funny uh I mean I appreciate it a lot more as an adult I mean as a kid I mean as a teenager It was sort of like trying to be like okay this is a political Statement that is about Eating babies And I guess that's funny And it's not real and that's what I'm supposed to get it. As an adult I'm like oh man this says so much Like it says so much about like How society views women Not just like how it views the poor But like how it views the women How, how it views women as pretty much just like Gestating factories. machines Yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, it's satire of the highest order. Like, that's why it's. That's what's, I, I, I love any modern English lesson that takes something like that. And then one, the, the assignment is to respond to it in a modern way. Hmm. So it's like imagine you saw this as, a, as an Instagram post. What is your comment? And so it's like you read A Modest Proposal and the very first comment is settle down, edgelord, or something like that.
1: Right. I I mean, usually when I see stuff like this, I'm like, I don't quite find it funny. I can tell this is satire, but meh, whatever. And I usually keep on scrolling.
0: But I, I chose Dreadful because I was reminded of the tale of Tarar, and I wanted to put his horrible, misbegotten life out there for anyone else to learn about.
1: Thanks, Russ. We all appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, I hope people listen to Lazy Line Painter Jane and maybe don't go Googling on Terrar.
0: <laughs> I will include a clip from Lazy Line Painter Jane as well as, uh, well, I guess I could link the video and notes along with the Wikipedia article on Terrar. There's a video? Yeah, yeah. The music video for Lazy, oh, Lazy oh, okay. Lion Painter. Yeah. Oh,
1: I it was like, there was some Twitter documentary on Terrar. I'm sure there is.
0: If not, maybe I, I might have just found my calling.
1: I mean, uh, there's also the I'm just thinking about and I don't know if I'm right now. I'm just thinking about uh, like Kronos eating his children as Tarar.
0: I used to have when when Cronos became Saturn in Roman mythology, um, I think it was Goya had that painting. Um, my favorite christmas sweater that i still own to this day
1: right it's saturn it's i think it's titled saturn eating his children rather than chronos eating his children
0: correct uh but i have a version of it where they just put santa's clothes on saturn and so what you what you then have for a christmas sweater is santa eating babies
1: <laughs> i like see that i like better somehow
0: in a very visceral, it's a visceral painting. Like he's, a, yeah, like he's he's not just swallowing this kid. He is, he, I mean, he's chewing he's getting on his it. teeth in there.
1: Yeah, which is weird because the children are later, they later emerge whole. Even and but in Saturn eating his children, the, the Goya painting, he's just, he's really just ripping into them. Oh, it's Saturn devouring his son.
0: Devouring his son. Well, this has been a surprisingly cultural episode of Shall we Read a Poem? <laughs> uh,
1: some of it I think we could give a miss.
0: Oh heavens no. <laughs> oh, know. I've got one. I've got one. I've got okay. one. Okay. It's I I I think this will I think this will sum up everything that we've encompassed this episode. Okay. Cool. The Land of Happy by Shell Silverstein. Have you been to the land of happy, where everyone's happy all day? Where they joke and they sing of the happiest things, and everything's jolly and gay. There's no one unhappy in happy. There's laughter and smiles galore. I have been to the land of happy. What a bore.
1: And that's been, shall we read a poem?
0: Thanks for listening. Be safe.
1: Don't, don't look up
0: Tarar. Or do. Absolutely look up Tarar.